that's kind of on all of us for believing, even for a little bit, that Michigan State was going to do something here. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWN, all one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Go to a hockey game or a concert. Just detach yourself from sports completely with the Game Time app. Just, I don't know, just try to try to make yourself happy with Game Time. It's Graham Nelson, friend of the program. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, comment below, yada, yada, yada. My, my brain is in a jumble right now, but nonetheless, it's Graham Nelson, friend of the program. And I got to say... I kind of circled this game thinking like, hey, maybe we can have a happy chat because in episodes past when Graham joins the show, he just turns into my unlicensed therapist and has to talk me off of multiple ledges. And well, would you, would you look at that, Graham? Here, here we are again. MSU did what they do best and they took two steps backward after they took two steps forward. Um, I'll ask you, how, how you doing, man? We doing okay over there? Hmm. Um, I've got a son yeah. with strep throat. Okay. Um, you know, he, we watched the game together, which was cool. That's lovely. That's good. Yeah. That's um, nice. That's also terrible, I, but yeah. Yeah. It, well, I went yeah. to, I went like, there was like a minute left in the game and it was like already past his bedtime. Right. Yeah. And I went, and I went to turn it off and he said, and he said, did Michigan, he's four. Right. And he said, did, sure. he said, did Michigan state lose? And I said, yeah. And he goes, that's okay. And I was like, well, that's all what? he's four years old. That's all he knows is mediocre Michigan State basketball, Graham. <laughs> oh my God. Poor kid. Oh that's my true. God. That's all he knows. That's all he knows. Yeah. The, the <sighs> fact that he, the fact that he knows to like try and cheer me up is that's is sad. like devastating. You know? <laughs> like he knows that like it's okay, Dad. It'll be all right. It might um, not be though. It it might yeah. not be. Um Graham, if, if you'll indulge me here for a little bit, of course, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to use most of these 30 minutes to talk about the game, of course. But I have just an anecdote that I just want to share, you know, kind of like Matt's story time. It's not really my story, but this is how I'm going to set up this conversation here, Graham. Um, for those that are tremendously online, a.k.a. losers like myself, you might know what I'm talking about here. But Graham, if you're not on Twitter 24-7 or the five uh, folks that are listening and viewing, you might have any idea of this story that went viral last week. And it is that the finance columnist for The New Yorker, she wrote a column about how she was scammed out of $50,000, Graham. And let me explain to you why really quick. It's a very long story. I'll try to do the Cliff Notes version. Might screw some things up. But the sentiment at the end will remain the same. Now, this started with a fake call from a fake CIA agent calling her and saying that she is under investigation for money laundering. This, this, and that. She has a lot of properties that are under her name, a, a motor home that's under her name. Things are getting really serious here, and she's looking at a lot of jail time, Graham. Things are not looking good. And they told her that, hey, your money is going to be frozen. So in order to use your money while you're under investigation for the next year, you're going to have to withdraw a large sum of money that can take you through the next year because you're not going to access any of your bank accounts, sweetheart. No, 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 no. 
We're going to take that in cash. What's going to happen is me, a CIA agent, I'm going to pull up to your house in an unmarked van. You're going to put that $50,000 in a shoebox and you're going to put it in the window. I'm going to drive away. But hey, you can trust me. I'm a CIA agent. And Graham, do you know where this is going? She went along with every step of this. She withdrew the money. She put it in the shoebox. She threw it in the car. And as the car went away, it's kind of when she realized like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh, she had a wave of shame, embarrassment, borderline guilt as what she has done. The fake CIA agent told her to not tell anyone else, not her husband, not her coworkers, not her friends, not her family. But still, after all that, she knew that she really screwed up, that she is in a pit of embarrassment and shame. Graham, that little win streak that Michigan State was on. That that was my series of fake phone calls with the CIA. Instead of $50,000, Graham, it was just my sanity that I willingly handed over. And instead of an unmarked car, Graham, it's just the center rotation. And A.J. Hogarth and Tom Izzo not playing Xavier Booker and Cohen Carr. Like, I feel stupid. I feel duped. I feel ashamed of myself for letting that little win streak Michigan State got on to think that anything else would happen this season. Now I know it's one game and no, it's not going to knock Michigan state off the bubble. I don't even know if they're on the bubble still, even after a loss that bad, but still just when we start to get a twinkle in our eye that, Hey, cram, maybe, maybe this team's turning a corner and things can happen in March. They, they lose to Iowa in a game where Iowa just straight up looks like the better team the entire time. And maybe that's the most disturbing part of the game is that Iowa was just flat out better. Graham, what was your biggest takeaway from this game? Is it as dire as I'm making it out to be, or what do you got? Um, honestly, I don't know why I'm even joining you. You could have just done that and ended the show, and it would have <laughs> been like... You know what? <laughs> Enjoy your night, everyone. We're yeah. going to take a, an early night here. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it would have been, you know, perfect. Um, what was my... What was the question? What was my takeaway from the game? Just the biggest takeaway, because mine was that Iowa just straight up looked like the better team, which yeah. like there's something to be said about that. They're like, hey, you know, sometimes in a game, the other team just plays better and you have to tip your cap to them, which, yes, you can. But also, like, we can talk about the things that are plaguing Michigan State because a lot of these are common themes so far. So it's either a broad take that you have, or is it one of those themes that we're talking about that really is just digging into your side here? No, I mean, it's nothing new. It's it's the center position. It's um I it's was bad. It's bad. <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, which I shouldn't, but I have been thinking right with you. lately. <laughs> and there's the uh you know, there's the thought process that you know Izzo should have dipped into the portal and like it's clear now that he should have, right? It's clear. Yeah. As if it wasn't clear before. Yeah. However, I try to put myself in like his brain which is very hard to do, but yeah, <laughs> I think, I think he was thinking Kohler was going to be the guy and the injury put a huge damper in that because you can see it didn't help. Yeah. You, you can see Jack, Jackson Kohler is the best center on this team and which he will be the best center it, on this team. It's true, but that's a problem. <laughs> that is, that is the problem. That's the but, problem. <laughs> but I see, Knock on wood, that improves, but I just don't. I just don't know it's going to improve this year. There just isn't enough time left for right. him to do that and, and to right. get back to it. Um, but yeah, it's nothing new. Like they, 
I think Izzo said they looked like they were playing in quicksand from the start. It did. Like they just looked kind of slow and lethargic and, and a little bit tired. Um, but like it's the center position, man. Like you got Carson Cooper airballing jump hooks. You've got, you know, Madi doesn't play anymore. He starts, but he doesn't play. What they should do with Madi is he does the jump ball. They call a timeout immediately. And then he gets back into jeans and a t-shirt, a sweatsuit, a real suit, whatever he wants to look good in on the sidelines because well, great kid, amazing kid. I would like both of my sons to grow up just like him, a little bit better basketball players, but like he's unplayable. Yeah. Unplayable, Graham. Yeah. Unplayable. And, and I mean, he's essentially not playing, right? I mean, he's playing, what did he play, six minutes tonight? Six so minutes. And even in those six minutes, he got tuned up by a freshman on the other end. Owen Freeman had his way with him. Owen Freeman played as much as me and you did tonight, Graham, and he still got eight points against Mahdi. Yeah. And what kills me the most, and I, I just hate that I just sound like I'm badgering this kid because, yes, I kind of am, and it's not really entirely fair to him, but how over year after year does the coaching staff see him not make any improvement? And I know I've railed on this before, but I go back to this quote that we heard in the offseason is that Madi added 20 pounds of weight in the weight room. When when does he when does he get to use it? When when does he ever not get bodied up against someone that's 40 pounds lighter than him or wins a 50-50 ball or grabs a rebound and wins that tussle? Like what when do the 20 pounds of muscle kick in? Because we didn't focus on adding post moves, touch around the rim. No, we instead put him in the weight room, which was never an issue <laughs> like a, but here here we are just oh hey g- glad the bench press numbers got improved this offseason Woo, that's great that that's awesome as he's yeah. getting blown by again and falling for every pump fake that is ever taken by an opposing player oh my yeah. god i mean it's like they just said hey our only concern is is purdue and you just need to put on 20 pounds of muscle so you can push that gigantic human out of the lane or try to and then like but we're not worried about anything else I don't know, man. Like the team, like, yes, it is a center position, but it's also super frustrating. Like why can't an Izzo coach team do anything against his own defense ever? It's like, and it's like, as some of these guys have been here for four or five years and you'd swear it's the first time they've ever seen it in their entire careers. It is, it, it, it drives me absolutely up a wall that a Fran McCaffrey coach team just put a defensive blitz on you like you got outclassed on the defensive end from iowa like yeah i mean oh mccaffrey doesn't coach defense he's like basically no. said that no <sighs> graham i gotta um, take a break here um not not right. just because of lower my, my blood pressure we will come in the next segment with a lot of heat but i just need to talk to people's ears off about game time Folks, if you want to make yourself happy and watch a winning Michigan State team, a consistent one, go to the hockey games this weekend. Facing Ohio State could clinch a Big Ten title. Who is to say? And you know the tickets will be on game time. Now, let's say that, hey, you're a sick puppy and you want to go to the game on Sunday. Like myself, I will be in attendance because I don't know any better. Game time will be where I get those tickets. Now, the game time app is great because they like to save you money during the week with their flash deals or up until the last minute and beyond with their last minute deals. When I say and beyond, I mean it. Like they have their deals up until an hour after tip off, kickoff, when the show starts, what have you, because they like to hook you up with lots of savings at game time. Now, the savings go on when you 
make an account. You use promo code Locked On because that's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. It's last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed, especially when you use code Locked On, all one word, for $20 off your first purchase. Again, download Game Time today. It's last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Now, Graham, I'm sorry to cut you off there. I just had to pay the bills. Um, but that is uh, one of like 15 things that are driving me crazy about this game. The center position we nailed. Fran McCaffrey just coaching around you in circles, especially on the defensive end, is yeah going to keep me up tonight. Um, what else? What else? This is, We talked about after the Penn State game, the Michigan game. It's like, hey, you won these two games with only two – of your top four players. Now, the four players, of course, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, AJ Hogan, Malik Hall. You won those two games on the road, albeit again against inferior opponents, with just two of those four guys playing really good games. And we said after the Michigan game, what happens when like three of the four play really good? Or dare I say four of the four? Graham, we, we went the opposite way here. We saw what it looks like once again when just one of the four guys has a really good game. Now, I'll say AJ Hogart, he played okay. The first half, was not good whatsoever, came along in the second half. Graham, I need more than okay for my senior point guard. Malik Hall, he played okay. At the end of the game, yeah, sure, he had, you know, double-digit scoring, he grabbed some rebounds, but was also, what, only three shot attempts in the first half, did not assert himself like he should be, especially after the recent stretch of games. Tyson Walker was really the only guy that gave you a, what I would call a good game. Jaden Akins, not a good game. So that's what happens here, and it sucks that you're just getting these, eh, okay, games which is a pattern now from A.J. Hogarth going on, like, what, three games now? And then, well, Willie Call, he's had a good stretch here. But, son, do we not learn anything the last few games that, like, you can assert yourself and that you are a difference maker on this team? Like, why are we doing three shots in the first half? But I digress. Um, it just sucks that uh, instead of going the right way, trending the right way, taking two steps backwards, Graham. I don't even know if there's a question in that. Uh, I just... No, I, <sighs> I think – like I'm not trying to be Mr. Positive here. Like I'm just not. Like I know that's kind of like that's kind of like my mo around it here is. from right. time to time. And like I'm not always that way. Like I get frustrated, but um, it is one game. It is the end of the season. They played horrible, horrible. And also Iowa. Now they've won eight to ten. They're playing a lot better than than they have in the in the, in the past. Yeah. Peyton Sanford, really good player. It's great. Really good player. Yeah. Um, but like it, it is just so frustrating because when are you going to see this team do like they do that for little short stretches and then it drops back and little short stretches and then it drops back. Right. Um, and I just don't know that we're going to see it. It's just an inconsistent group. The depth yeah. without without Jeremy Fears, there's a significant lack of depth. Um, yeah. And just not getting like. You know, Booker and Carr, like, I don't understand how they're being used. Like, I get it because clearly Izzo and company see something so glaring that hinders them that they that they don't trust them for whatever reason. I don't get it anymore. In the second half, but I don't get it because Booker the last two games has been he's been the best big without question. He looks fine. And, and I, I know I said Jackson Cole is best big, big on the team earlier, but like the last two games, one that plays, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But I mean, the last two games, he's been he's been great. Like, if you're gonna say it, man, you got to you got to do it, and especially and especially if 
you're getting your ass kicked. Like you are. Like you keep rolling out the ball with the same people and you're getting your ass kicked. But it's the same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I that that is what is driving me up a wall. Part six of what's driving me up a wall about this game. And we've had the Xavier Booker discourse the entire season, of course. Yeah. And I've been on the side of Izzo for most of the season. Like he when he ready. is in the game, he wasn't, he wasn't ready. ready. That's the thing. It's like not only are we seeing and hearing Izzo say, you oh, know, he actually is ready. He's this much better. He's added this much weight. We're actually seeing it in the last two games, just like you said. Well, I guess we'll call it three games if you want to count this one, too. Like, that was a good stretch that he had. Yeah. Like, he looks yeah. comfortable on the court, whereas in the past, could not say that. And, look, he even gave him – he has a short stint, like, the last few games, like, the middle of the first half. He brought him back at the end of the first half, which is something that he hasn't done. So now you're thinking, hey – we are rewarding guys. We're playing great. We also yep. know he's probably one of the better options here in the front court. And then goose egg in the second half. Like it is maddening. And at this point I, I tried and succeeded really all season to not be this alarmist of, uh, Oh, Xavier Booker. He's going to transfer. Oh no, we got to worry about him transferring for the first time this season. Like now, now I'm starting to wonder like, how does he stay here? Uh, yeah. like what what would keep him around and I, I that might be a conversation for a different show but like just you know from the micro level of just this game what are you getting from your other guys you, to bring it back to the center position like I, I i almost threw my remote clean through the television because hey seven point lead all right you're having this this nice little comeback carson cooper on a post up all right, you have another stretch where, all right, hey, you cut it down to eight, you can make it a six-point lead or a five-point lead with a three-pointer. Jackson Kohler turnaround, almost air balls. Like, what? And that has been a theme all season. None of these yeah. guys can post up. None of, the, none of them can post up. No. And, like, why do they think they're Joel Embiid all of a sudden where they can just do that? Like, there is one guy that actually might have a post move, and it's Xavier Booker, so play him a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. It's very. This team is it's one of the most frustrating teams to watch because when they get going, man, it's right. fun. You can yes. see it. You get it. There's pace. There's energy. Right. And when they get going, like you see them pick it up on the defensive end. And those guards defensively can be very, 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 very good. But like it was a great stretch in the second half of defense. It was yes. great. Yes. But like, <laughs> you know what? I, you know, I said to the TV and like I was holding my child who was sleeping during it. So I didn't scream it. But like I said out loud to a room of no one. Who do you think you are? Like when you're trying these post-ups, like the sample size is big enough now where we know what's going to happen. Like this isn't me just being grumpy and crotchy and saying like, oh, these never go in, but really like they're going half the time. No, Graham, these these are rarely going in. They look very uncomfortable when they dribble the ball. When they turn around and they realize that, oh my God, I'm actually six feet away from the hoop and not two feet away from the hoop. Guess what? They're, they're still hucking it up there. And mm -hmm. it's still clanking off the rim if it touches the rim. Yep. Like it, it is so inept in the front court. And like, I, I know that it's not fun to yell at these hardworking kids because dang it, they, they're just great ambassadors to the university. They work hard, this, this, and that. But like, we also do a sports show and we got to talk honestly about what we're seeing. And it is a few weeks till selection Sunday. And I haven't seen a shred of improvement from the front court from guys that are not named Xavier Booker. Malik call if you want to count him too, but like you, you yeah. get, you get the point for this extra exercise. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with you. And it's just, it's like I said, it's just very frustrating to watch because like there's just been zero improvement. But you see these glimpses, you see glimpses every now and again. You know, Carson Cooper last week, well, they, okay, looking pretty good. And then tonight, like ghost, I know. ghost. I know. I know. 
I know, especially that that last seven minutes too, where Michigan State held Michigan scoreless. I mean, Carson Cooper had solid defense. Yes, and that was after Terrace Reed had his way with Michigan State's front court. But then here we are again. Hey, if you have four limbs and a pulse, Cricky, stand up like you're going to have a career game against us. Owen Freeman again. He he played just like almost no minutes, and he had eight points just because it is so easy to score on our front court. But like, what what can you do? Where, where do you go from here? Um. Grant, I want to start next segment with with a question, and I I know a lot of people's answers, but you are more on the positive side, so I'm dying to know your answer here in a hot second. But first, sorry, I need to send you to the bench again. You need to talk people's ears off. A fan dual sportsbook boy, how do you talk about regrets in life? My regret in life is not putting the entire mortgage responsibly on Iowa plus nine and a half. Or hey, just like we talked about yesterday with Trent Condon of Lockdown Hawkeyes. Plus 350 on the money line because you could have started spending that money at halftime, baby. No, quite literally. FanDuel gives you the cash out options during the games. If you're feeling good about your bet in the moment, but you're starting to think, huh, there could be a comeback here. FanDuel offers the cash out. Now, that's a great way to put some winnings into your pocket a little earlier. Also, what I love about FanDuel, you get paid pretty quick with FanDuel. You're not going to wait around for days at a time wondering when that money is going to hit your account. And if you're a new customer, it gets even sweeter. You will get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right. You heard me correctly. That is $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams this season with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. It's FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. That was Drag, friend of the program, my unlicensed therapist, Graham Nelson, back onto the show. Although I, I don't even know if anyone can offer therapy after that one. Um, because, uh, well, let's see, actually. Graham, two options. This is a tough loss. Late February. We've seen this happen with Tom Izzo teams before. If you go back the last few, well, decades with him. Is this one of those moments where he gets in the locker room, they iron forge themselves, they have a true heart-to-heart, and they come out of this fired up, ready to roll the rest of the season, kind of like in a mystical Mr. March way? Or have you seen enough from this nucleus of the team where you just uh, like are just not believing that even this could happen and no, there's not going to be some storybook run here in March? Which one is it? Uh, the former. Yeah, I was afraid so. They're, they're, the inconsistencies there, like you just can't believe with a team that's this inconsistent that they're going to put that they're going to string together, you know, call it three good weeks of, of basketball. Yeah. Um, no. Could it happen? Sure. You get those four guys playing really well. Um, Hogard goes nuts, which he can. And the one thing I, I do want to say is about Hogard. He didn't play well in the first half. Mm-hmm. His, like, he's playing really hard. It, it is not an effort issue. You, you are right. right. I, I will give him that. As hard as we are on Hogard on the show, like, it, at least now at this part of the season, yeah. it's not. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I thought he was playing really hard, showed good emotion, was effect knew like he needed to to figure it out, and when and he did, and, and he did figure it out to to an extent. Um, so I do want to second half was nice. Yeah, right. yeah, I, I do want to give him a little bit of credit there, but um, I, I just don't think that there's any huge true run in here. Maybe maybe get to a Sweet Sixteen, but like at that point, you're going to run into a big guy. The college game is filled with really good big guys, and it's going to be like tonight. And you're gonna get just bullied at at you know one one way or another. Um, maybe someone throws a zone at you and you can't do a damn thing with it. 
Um, but I, I just don't see it happening. You, I, I scoffed over here under my breath because you said you run into a really good big man in March. Like, I, does he even take a really good big man? No. <laughs> or does it just take no. an adequate one to carve us up on both ends of the floor now? Um, right. Oh, I just keep on going to that turnaround hook shot on the ISO post up to cut the lead to five. And he, Carson was up against a six foot six guy. Like, what, no. And that's, that's, that's the thing that's so frustrating because if they're playing this one, three, one, and then, like, your big guy should have 20 points against that. Yeah. If you have, if you have a big guy with any who can just go to any short corner. Right? Any power six level big man should go for 20 easily. <laughs> yes. Because yes. literally all you have to do is get the ball to the middle and they go short corner and they pass it and you shoot an eight to 10 foot jumper and it goes in. 60% of the time, like that's all it takes. And I get it. Like it's not, it's much easier said than done, but Nick Ward, you imagine, imagine Nick Ward against that defense. He just He'd be a player of the year. He, 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 we, we would be talking about a 34 point game from Nick Ward right now. Yes. <laughs> if you went yes. up against that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, <sighs> but again, I just, I, I just don't see it. Unfortunately. I'm sorry to keep on like, I'm sorry to keep on circling back to the front court here. Like this is probably as disjointed of a show we've had, but like this is just raw care. emotion. We had a great outline, you know. I I really, you know, counted my chicks before they hatch. Sent you some nice talking points. We'll talk about. Yeah, we'll gloss over this win against Iowa, and then here's this, this, and that. Yep. No, this we we are just essentially freestyling here. Um, what worries me. Okay, I shouldn't say what worries me the most. There's like a, a list of things that worry me. We've gone through a lot of them. But one of the next things that worries me now, Graham, is that we were also talking about, too, after that Michigan game. Hey, you know what? Even if you lose against Purdue, you win some of the games that you're supposed to. You go one and one in the Big Ten tournament. Six seed is there for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it is right there. With this, again, I'm not pulling the fire alarms yet that this team is on the bubble, let alone the wrong side of it. It does make Sunday's game against Ohio State kind of must-win-ish. But I do worry severely about the seeding here because if they are in this 8-9 purgatory where they yeah. are facing, like, UConn in the second round or another rematch against Arizona, like, uh, what? <laughs> oh, God forbid, Houston? Yeah. You think we're scoring more than 30 points against that defense? Oh, my – like <laughs> – it was looking really nice to get to that six line because, hey, yeah, play the three seed in the second round. You could beat all these three seeds. I don't know if you could beat all the two seeds. You certainly probably can't come within 30 of beating any of these one seeds. So um, maybe that's where a lot of my panic comes from and this newfound uh, anger, I guess we'll call it, because, look, it's the 10th loss of the season. We should be used to this by now. But maybe it's also because uh, yeah, we are starting to dream of a good seeding in March. No, I don't see that anymore, Graham. <laughs> no, I, no, sir. I have a, I have a question. This is something you mentioned about potentially, like in the outline of us yeah. talking about before, you know, that massacre happened. Um, how many wins is Jeremy Fears worth? Oh my God, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. Um, can he play center? First and foremost, I'll really really set back question. to you really quick. Um, so think think about the tra trajectory that he was on, and we're assuming that he was going to stay on that trajectory, right? Which yeah. is just getting he was getting incrementally better and better and better. Yeah. Is there two games in there that you can find where Hogard was like just 
poor that he comes in and he plays really well and you grind it out with him as, as your backup and things go well from there. I, because I don't know if tonight, like just plugging Jeremy Fears in would have been enough. Again, we, we've said it. You guys all saw it. Hogarth's first half was not great. I would rather right. make two layups and miss two layups. I would rather not get lost a little bit defensively. I would rather grab that rebound instead of let it go off my shoes out of bounds. But like, I, I don't know if just a Jeremy Fears would have saved tonight's game. Now, you go back to the at Minnesota game, perhaps you can make an argument there, but the Wisconsin game, eh, at yeah. Illinois, maybe so. I One or two. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the one I have in my head is the Minnesota game. I think if he's there, yeah. if he's there that game, Hogard plays terrible. Izzo has so much more probably faith in Jeremy Fears by that point. Again, we're assuming he's on that same trajectory that he comes in, plays really well. They win that game. Yeah, uh, hopefully he's not on the Xavier Booker Cohen Carr trajectory where he gives him some first half minutes. But I, I think it was clear by the time Jeremy Fears was, you know, shot that he was on a different trajectory than right. his freshman cohort. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's one, maybe two. I don't. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that fair? You think? Yeah. And how much better do you feel with eight losses than you do with ten? Oh, I feel uh, we're talking maybe getting up to a five seed now at yeah. this point. See and now I mean? settling for a six seed. I see yeah, I do, unfortunately. See, so it's like yeah. there, there's some there's some tough luck there, right? I mean Yeah. Like the worst luck, almost the worst luck ever, you know, for him, literally. Oh yeah. Five. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean I think it's just a tough season that it threw a, a wrench into a, a lot of plans and that happens and but you just have a group of players who are pretty inconsistent. Your best players clearly not right. Um, right. Tyson Walker. Yeah. I mean, cl- clearly he's not. And he won't be. There's there's no time for him to get right. right. Like so. You know, if you, I think if you if you win tonight, if they would have won tonight, you could have sat him on Sunday. Yeah, and I know they have a six day break between Ohio State and Purdue, but uh, is it enough? I'm not a doctor. I, I can't speculate as to how he's feeling, but like, uh, is, is it enough? It's not yeah. rhetorical. I mean, I'm guessing yeah. not. But if you give someone ten days off, maybe I don't know. I, know. I don't know, man. We're grasping at straws here. No, we aren't. This is sad. This is sad. Yeah, you want to grasp at a straw? Are you ready for this? This is yeah. this is how we'll end things. You you want to go full galaxy brain right now? Yeah. Sound like I'm taking quaaludes over here with this take. Um, damn, Graham. Do we just start losing now to get to that six versus eleven game? But as the eleven seed now at this point, because <laughs> I have no interest of beating Ohio State, losing to Purdue, losing Northwestern, beating Indiana, and then going one and one the Big Ten tournament, and then we're like the nine seed against New Mexico. We we beat them by four, and then, oh, God, oh, God, that's UConn on the other end. Like, I don't know. Like, it, at this point, do you just lose three of the next four, stumble into the Big Ten tournament, and then screw it. We'll just play a game of Dayton, win that one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'm just that worried about the eight versus nine game. And again, I, I'm fully aware of how ridiculous it sounds to assume that we would even win that game. But for sake of conversation, the yeah. only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is going on a run in March. So that's why I just get gravitated and start daydreaming of, oh, what would the second round look like? You could beat a three seed. I look at all the two seeds. Yeah, I don't really see it there with most of them. I certainly don't see it with the one seed. So, Graham... Th- Screw it. Do we just do we just start losing our way to eleven at this point? Uh, I, I think the, the answer to that's no. Uh, oh, come on, have, have some fun, Graham. Come on. I, mean, I understand it's a hypothetical question here, and we're, <laughs> and we're just having a fun game. But I but I need you. I, I'm going to need you. Okay. I'm not speaking to any other Michigan State fans, but I'm going to need you to like. Let's not go fully off the cliff here. Okay, okay? I'll try. Uh, I'll try. We've we'll, we'll you know. <laughs> 
you've got till Sunday to worry about this and to be upset about it. And then yeah. Sunday, like we flip the switch and, and we're back in our chairs and we're back cussing at, you know, kids. Um, yep. that's what that's do what we do best. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about how much better we could do it. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I like the thing that is so annoying about being a Michigan State fan is you sat there talking about the NCAA tournament and the whole time I was like, but I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) It's so stupid. And we know, again, we're the lady on the phone with the CIA that's saying, ah, put the the shoebox of money in the back. Like, you know, there's a little person in the back of your head that knows that this is really stupid what you're doing, but like, hey, hey, what if? What if this is all real, man? (laughs) (laughs) And you think, but it is annoying, but it's also, we always have that. We always have that. That is why that is why we we get so frustrated because we know like we know we just need to be a little bit better because that damn coach who we all love and we all yell at, like that dude every so often pulls the rabbit out of his hat and we all just love him for it. And we know that we're we're just a few weeks away of hey man, he could do it again. He could do it again. And that is how I bring you full circle back on the Michigan State basketball bandwagon. I can't believe I'm going to leave this studio <laughs> and go look at bracketologies after this. Yeah. Say, ah, ah, what was that? You, UConn got obliterated by, Mar- by, by Creighton tonight? Oh, hmm. Vulnerable team over there in uh in store uh it's <laughs> stores Connecticut huh so uh I'm just such an idiot I I, I know what's gonna ha- yeah I know what's gonna happen selection study is gonna come out and I'm gonna like yeah see the vision and you know you're gonna get out your pen because oh. we write ours in pen right and we and we fill it out and you're gonna go mm, I think they can next thing you know they're in the elite eight you've got them in the elite eight and you go well I mean I'm not, picking, I'm not picking against Izzo in the elite eight. I know. <laughs> next, next thing you know, they're they're written in pen in your final four. We know how this goes, guys. Oh, like, oh I got to laugh to keep myself from crying. Um, yeah. But God, that just seems so real. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. We're going to switch things up tomorrow, guys. It's going to be a mostly, if not all, football show with our guy, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Uh, but over there, that, that that's Graham Nelson. Graham, before we let you go and uh, enjoy the rest of your lovely night here, uh, anything else that you, you want to add or anything you want to plug? Or... No, nah, dude. Uh, appreciate okay. you guys having me or you no, having me. Um, you're the best, Graham. It's always, it's always fun to jump on here and, you know, cry, laugh, cry. Fun. I, that's that's the F word we're choosing here. Okay, that's yeah, well. That's feel that's great. all sorts of emotions together. It's wonderful. Well, gang, if you're listening, why? Uh, thank you, truly. I, I love every single one of you guys. You guys are all the best, Graham. You're the best. Um, but yeah, until tomorrow, love you all. Co green. <laughs> <laughs>